Welcome back to the Monash Emergency and Critical Care Special Interest Group podcast. My name is Katie and I'm joined by Lauren. We are final year medical students hoping to connect students and clinicians who have a shared interest in critical care. Before we get started, we'd like to do an acknowledgement of country. I begin today by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which we meet and pay my respects to their elders past and present. I extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples listening today. Today, we are privileged to be joined by Associate Professor Deb Leach. Deb is a consultant emergency physician at Eastern Health and was the clinical director of the Boxall Emergency Department for 21 years. We have had the privilege of meeting Deb through her extensive involvement in medical student education. Since 2018, Deb has been the director of medical student programs at Eastern Health Clinical School. In this role, Deb advocates for the growth of Monash and Deakin students, both personally and professionally. She takes a compassionate and thoughtful approach as evidenced by her open door policy. As a senior examiner for the Australasian College of Emergency Medicine, Deb has supervised and mentored many emergency physicians in training. Deb is also committed to delivering high quality patient-centered care with recent interest in minimizing unnecessary tests being ordered in the ED. To round out Deb's accomplishments, she was named as one of the top 50 public sector women in 2020 by the Institution of Public Administration Australia. As a testament to her humility, Deb shifted praise onto her colleagues when asked about this award, saying, it is really about the teams that I have worked with. We are so excited to have you on the podcast, Deb. Welcome. And thank you for joining us. Thank you. And that was a lovely introduction. It makes me very embarrassed. <laughs> Please don't be embarrassed. We're so privileged to have you with us today. So I guess starting with your early career, what kind of drew you into medicine in the first place? Oh, into medicine? Well, I think I always wanted to be a vet. And then I realised that you couldn't explain things very well to animals and it would be really hard. So I yeah. thought, no, medicine would probably be easier. And so there started the easy yeah. part. Was there anything else that influenced you to go into emergency medicine? To emergency mm, medicine? Yeah. That I think when I was a student, actually, in final year, we did rotations from Austin, where I was, oh, yeah. to Box Hill yep. for emergency medicine. And one of the grandfathers of our specialty, mm. Ed Bretnell, was the director at the time. And he was a delightful guy, very charismatic, mm. um, setting up this brand new specialty that mm. didn't, hadn't even existed in yeah. Australia before then. And he was just the most wonderful leader. And I'm still in touch with him. He's 93. He lives really near me. We go out for dinner. And that really got me started Mm. in emergency or sparked my interest. And then during um, junior doctor years, I also came back and did rotations in that department. As a junior doctor, how did you find your time? And and what did you enjoy about being a junior doctor? And and do you look back on certain things and think, oh, you know, those were very special moments or or challenging moments even? Yeah, I think all of those. There's so many special things. It's a continuation, really, of being a medical student. You're in these wonderful cohorts of um, energetic, thoughtful, developing young people. And when you look back, you think, yeah, we were full of um, hope, enthusiasm, uh, learning new things, and in it together. It can be very challenging. you know, all those night shifts and we had terribly long shifts we had to do mm. and sometimes the culture wasn't that good, sometimes there were grumpy consultants. Mm. You had to contend with quite a lot but mm. you had this spirit of camaraderie in the mm. hospital, yeah. everyone pulling together and, and getting through it together. So I think um, there were many special moments that just bond you with those people that you go through such a thing mm. with. Yeah. yeah. 
and thinking about how different um, clinical medicine was then, yeah. we didn't have so many fancy gadgets. I remember the first CT scanner being installed in Box Hill, things like that. Yeah. It was uh, the development mm -hmm. of diagnos diagnostics yeah. has been incredible and the complexity or the pathways, mm. do we, don't we, yeah. when do we, what's the appropriate patient mm. cohort, that's all increased complexity enormously. Um, having that senior support that's also grown mm. over the years is really crucial to mm. junior doctors. I think that segues really nice into what your thoughts are on current trainees and the conditions that they have. Is it quite drastically different to what you experience? Yeah, I think it is different in, in some ways. Um, as I say, medicine's become more complex. Mm. And so the infrastructure supporting junior doctors has become more complex. So there's um, different sort of structures of staffing um, mm. and many more, much more access to senior support. Mm. So as an intern, you're never alone. You've always got, you know, HMOs, registrars, consultants to talk to. Uh, whereas sometimes in the olden days when I went through, you really felt like you were alone for extended periods and um, it was difficult to access help sometimes. But I think the complexity was much less when I was going through and the decision-making and the timeframes, you know, all these pressure to put patients through the hospital system and treating so many more patients now and they don't wait around in beds for a week at a time they move on the uh, complexity of teams as well so we're dealing with a lot of allied health and um, big extended complex teams so initiating how to work with those teams has also changed but exams remain exams yep. so you've got to fit all those things in as well and that hasn't changed Moving on to a bit about your experience as being an emergency physician mm. and the director of Box Hill ED for mm. so many years, what have you enjoyed about and what do you still enjoy about being an emergency physician? Mm. I think number one will be the patients. There's something, I learn something every day at work mm. or see something that I haven't seen before. So it is an amazing specialty for seeing things just, you know, coming in the door, patients coming in the door with mm. things or, or you might have seen it before but not in that exact iteration Solving problems, helping patients to solve problems and, and get better again, that's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. So that'd be my number one is patients. Then it's about the team. And I don't think you go into such a specialty without enjoying being part of this enormous beast specialty <laughs> yeah. and working together with so many incredible people, the nurses, the doctors, seeing the junior yeah. doctors come through, yeah. working with allied health. You, you have physios, primary care physios in our department, nurse pracs, mm. pharmacists, and we're all in there just trying to get this job done as efficiently mm. as we can. Yeah. Um, so those are the things I really mm. enjoy about it. I don't know if it's always been this way, but you know how with current training, it's kind of like a lot of young doctors aspire to do a critical care year, mm. so they have options mm. of ED, ICU, mm. anaesthetics. Did ICU anaesthetics ever appeal to you? Has that ever been something that you've enjoyed? Yeah, I, I had the experience of doing an anaesthetic, oh, actually an ICU yeah. rotation in my second year out. And again, there was no registrar. It was just me and the consultant and the consultant would go home and I was there in the evenings looking after the patients. Of course, the nurses did most of the looking yes. after. I just you know, <laughs> tried to keep up. But that really sparked my interest in critical care. But all of my um, good friends and, you know, my little group was yeah. doing emergency medicine. And then I did more ICU during my ED training. And for, for a little while, I sort of thought about doing two fellowships. Now the pathway is easier. You can do dual training yeah. and it's much easier to keep a foot in both camps. So you can do that for, um, 
for ICU and for paediatric training if you do due training. I suppose I can relate to that being around friends who do the same thing you kind of just fall into mm. something don't mm. you? Katie and I are always talking about emergency medicine and yeah. you want to go where your friends yeah. are don't you? <laughs> I think if you, you find yourself in a job where yeah. you've got a lot of like-minded people around you and you enjoy working with them yeah. and then you naturally form a study group yeah. and you know you're just all going along together it's really nice Isn't so nice. it has to be a big pull to move you to a different especially yeah. once yeah. you've sort of decided mm. yeah, something's for you and the ed is such a busy environment is there a way that you deal with this or how you unwind after a shift um how i unwind is generally in the past has been through holidays mm. so i make sure i've always got holidays scheduled in yeah, and lovely. i was a big one for holidays before covid came yeah. and i'm afraid covid sort of mucked me around a bit because mm -hmm. i just well, i was in this role in yeah. clinical school and I just felt like I couldn't leave mm. and I couldn't have a break because there was stuff going on all the time yeah. and reorganization of stuff and if I did yeah. try to take a break and would ring me up and say oh, they're trying to kick the students off placement yeah. <laughs> so, there's always stuff going on so I think generally um, having stuff outside medicine mm. having good breaks and I like to get away and do bushwalking and we had a dog and, you know, just nice things like that yeah. to get your mind off it. I also enjoy um, talking to my husband and he's a very good, you know, counterbalance to yeah. all the frenetic ED stuff. Yeah. And how have you dealt with shift work, I suppose, as well? Another big mm. element of being in the ED. Yeah, so shift work, interesting one. I think uh, my whole life is spent doing, I did Mondays. Uh, Tuesday evenings and one in four uh, weekends. That was my adult career and it just became normal for me. You stop doing night shifts um, generally when you're a consultant, although mm. there was a small stint where Box Hill consultants were the first and only ones in Australia to do proper stand-up night shifts all night. Oh, wow. And that lasted for a short period okay. before we negotiated a contract and the hospital realised that they didn't really want that. So, um, so we have very senior registrars yep. on. Uh, the on-call can be also challenging because you can get called when it's really busy or if there's difficult cases. Yeah. So generally you might do that once a week or once a fortnight or maybe someone who chooses not to do that. But the, the shift work, you sort of work your life around it. Yeah. And you know that once you're off, you're off. Yeah. It's not like you've got patients sitting in hospital where you could be run at any moment. Yeah. You've got your evening or your weekend completely free. And there's hopefully always another colleague that's coming on at the end of your shift so you that's know right. that those you, patients are going to be seen. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And you hand over and you're out. One time I mentioned my interest in emergency medicine to a physician from a different area and he mm -hmm. said, oh, but don't you feel like you'd be a jack-of-all-trades, master of none? Do you even agree with that statement? What do you a think? A little. I agree with it a little bit. And I sometimes think this when I'm on interview panels looking at, um, mm. you know, those specialties who are really focused yeah. on one area. Mm. And I think, oh, I wish oh, I knew gosh. so much about yep. something so small. Mm. And then I realise I actually do know a lot about a broad range yeah. of things and and the ability to work in a team and to all pull together in a critical um, incident. So... I think we are experts yeah. at something, although we do have to know this huge range of how to respond to that critical moment mm. in someone's life. Um, yeah, so there's this pros and cons. There's always that tension, isn't it? You really are experts in certain things, like a resuscitation. Yep. That's the emergency yeah. team yeah. leading that, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, that's and certain, right. certain kind of presentations, that's really the crux of ED. Yeah. And I think we probably know more toxicology yep. than mm. most 
ICU would obviously deal with the critical end of that spectrum, that's where mm. they go, but we would, uh, a lot of emergency physicians also do toxicology fellowships. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think there are lots of emerging areas, niche areas where emergency physicians are suited, such as retrieval, um, tox I've mentioned, there's also, you know, peds emergency, uh, ultrasound skill really big for emergency physicians. Mm -hmm. You don't see other physicians in the hospital doing that other than critical care areas. As a leader and a female physician, have you found that there's been any barriers to you entering those roles? I have to say no. No, I don't think so. Yeah. I think I've always tried to come across as who I am. I've been, I've probably um, been in a health service where they've been um, not the traditional mm. sort of male-female type of issues yeah. prominent. Um, and so I've been given every opportunity to do whatever I wanted. So at one stage I was um, director of the EDs across Eastern yeah. Health, did that for about seven or eight years. Uh, so I've had all these opportunities to do different roles. Yeah. So I never got yeah. bored with it. Yeah. You know, did supervise a junior doctor training for a while. Yeah. You know, just a whole lot of different things. Mm. And I haven't felt myself that there have been those barriers, mm. yeah. although I appreciate mm. that there's many women who yeah. have faced that in yeah. their professional lives. Yeah. I guess that leads well on to um, medical education and, and your role as mm. the... Um, Head educator of Eastern Student Medi Eastern Health Medical Student Programs for Monash and mm -hmm. Deakin students in 2018. How did you kind of get into that role? And have you all, <laughs> you've always had an interest in education. Yeah, you? I have yeah. liked education. I enjoy that. I like watching um, people reach their potential. And I think because you know I often had areas where I struggled as a student, and so giving back and trying to make things easier for other mm. students coming through. It's a really passion of mm. mine. Um, yeah, so I was asked by the um, by our medical director, actually, who was a good friend, and mm -hmm. he said, would you consider just doing the acting role? And I said, oh, yeah, I suppose I could try it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I thought maybe this would be a really good segue out of ED. Maybe this would be what I need to to break that sort of addiction mm. to emergency medicine. And no sooner had I taken it on, then, you know, students yeah. came into my life and I thought, oh, yeah. it's, um, <laughs> this is even worse, this is more addictive than emergency wow. medicine. <laughs> really? Oh, yes, yes, yes. It's an amazing job. Wow. It's incredible. And I'm so glad I had the opportunity to yeah. do it. Yeah. And what does a typical week look like for you, both being a clinician and an educator? Yeah, so I've kept on a day a week in the ED, and that's a day that I just have for myself, see my patients, yeah. and just forget about the school. Yeah. And then the other four days are just this chaotic um, rampage through education. <laughs> it's a combination of faculty meetings and being serious to um, having catch-ups with students and, and then a bit of how do we do things better, how do we yeah. make the program more coherent, how do we make it more mm. clear to students, mm. how do we innovate. Mm. Uh, and some of the things we've done have been quite fun, like sign-up sessions and taking the heat off the um, administrators and, and making things a little bit easier for everybody. When you started this role, did you have kind of certain visions to, to change or improve at Eastern Health Clinical School? 
start to think, oh, it's a lot of bit more admin things and I don't really like to think about what do you enjoy about doing outside of that purely clinical? Do you like teaching? Do you like changing systems and doing quality work? Do you want to do some research? So what sort of place do you want to work at? What sort of um, people do you need to talk to to find out, is this for me? Keeping curious and keeping <laughs> talking to people all the time about it yeah. is a really good way to go. Yeah, very good advice, I think. You can't go wrong with that advice. Mm. Yeah, and have a mentor, have a mentor. Yeah. Or several, actually. That's important. Mm. I love this question. Katie thought of this question. If you were to draw a pie chart of your identity, what chunk of that is medicine and what are the other pieces of the pie? Oh, gosh, this is a scary question. <laughs> I know it is. It's a really scary yeah. question. Um, medicine permeates everywhere, so I'd mm. probably draw, uh, draw a colour of medicine throughout the whole lot. But obviously in your working life you do, you do have other things that, you, that are pieces of you. And at my stage of the career, because medicine has had so much and it's all just this smorgasbord of opportunities yeah. and things to do, and it comes at you all the time and you'll have this in your lives. So it's about when to say no and to say I need to deliberately focus on deliver, you know, developing other areas of my life. So it can become in, in, incrementally more and more important in your life. But I think I always had uh, opportunity for travel and um, you know, exercise, um, going to the beach, having my dog having my husband and family commitments and things like that. So I think having these things in your life as important things and not something that's mm. just relegated to, oh, if I have time, I'll do it. Yes. And making sure you mindfully live your life yeah. is really important. But medicine's yeah. up there <laughs> in that pie chart. Yeah. I've never heard someone answer it in that way. I love that, you know, you've got that shade of medicine all throughout and then different parts of you amongst all of that. And do you have any advice for saying no? Is, how do you? I'm the worst person. <laughs> yeah, so we, we are yes people. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So yeah, any advice to people for that or? Um, yeah, I I went to a leadership course um, way too late, but it was also good because I could reflect on what I'd done wrong or what I'd do differently again. And one of the things was to find out or discover within yourself what is your real passion, what is your real purpose, yeah. Yeah. and and deliver on that. So while you might choose another couple of things to explore, work out what your true thing is mm -hmm. and just really focus to make that the most important thing. Um, so I think I've done the smallest board thing and delved in a lot of different areas, mm -hmm. um, but probably if I was doing it all again, I'd probably focus down on, one or two things and go mm. deeper into that within emergency medicine or teaching, whatever. Mm. And I guess to a certain extent I have because I've been an examiner, I've always taught um, emergency trainees and I've taught students and now I'm in this job. So I guess in practice I have done that. Mm. But I could have done it uh, to a greater extent if I hadn't have done a whole lot of other stuff. So I think you just have to say, mm, what are my time commitments and 
draw it out on a graph. What, what am I doing? What are my tri- time commitments? Yeah. And can I afford to spend this time yeah. on this? Or should I just focus here? Even though it's mm-hmm. so exciting and so nice to do different things. Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you do get caught up a bit, you don't you? <laughs> And hindsight's always lovely, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, wonderful thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think that's probably all the questions we have yeah, for you. Thank yeah. you so much that's for your time. Pleasure. And I was useful. Yes, <laughs> of course you are. And, you know, as students at Eastern Health Clinical School, we can absolutely say that we have loved our time here. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. Your role has had a really large part in that so thank you oh it's yeah. good to hear good to hear thank yeah. you. we'll wrap up the podcast there thanks for listening everyone Bye. <laughs> <laughs>